I know for myself, it was really surprising to come into the shelter the first time and see the faces of these little children look just like my kids. They need the same things that my kids need. So to see these moms and dads with their kids and what they endure is, to me, very, very humbling. Donate to The Road Home now at 801-819-7300. Every day on The Big Show, what? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, <laughs> the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Do we want to uh, give this out, Austin? Do you want to mention it? Um, Johnny Lightfoot who uh, does a bunch of work for us, uh, of course, uh, formerly of the band Air Supply, very talented musician, does a bunch of stuff for us. Um, he's uh, been generous to offer up a private acoustic concert at a listener's house with uh, Johnny Lightfoot and Charlie Jenkins, saying, uh, what do you think, uh, a $5,000 donation? I mean, a private concert, like Charlie Jenkins, big deal. Yeah, the Charlie Jenkins country band and Johnny Lightfoot. Yeah. Together Char- at I last. Mean- Think about it. Johnny has played in front of audiences that were, what do you say, 190,000 people? And here he is offering up a private concert at your house? With Charlie Ooh. Jenkins. Yeah. All right, $5,000 donation. There you go. Johnny Lightfoot putting that out there. I hope uh, Charlie knows about yeah, it. Yeah, I hope Charlie does, too. Here's the number, <laughs> 801-819-7300. Call in saying uh, you're, you're bidding on the private concert with Johnny Lightfoot and Charlie Jenkins. 801-819-7300 as the Road Home Radiothon continues on. All right, uh, let's get to a little what's going on today. We check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. But let's start with DJ and PK that had former Cougar Dylan Colley on. He's been on with them all uh, college football long uh, season long. He's been very good. He gives out his preview of the game tonight. Bowl game tonight. You ready? You worked up? Yeah, excited? Absolutely. I love a little game day. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> We were talking about uh, where we thought this game was going, and uh, we both expect BYU to win, but neither one of us is 100% sure. And I said, you know, it would not shock me if UCF came in and won this game 41-38. They can't stop people, but they can score points. You turn it over, you get behind, you're trying to get stops. It's hard to do. I could see how to get away. And PK laughed and said, I was thinking 41-37. I can't believe you just blurted out (laughs) 41-38. So you feeling forty one forty or forty two thirty eight? You got anything like that? You worried about a score? No, I, I do think I do think it's going to be a, a, you know, an absolute barn burner. Uh, you know, both teams can just absolutely light up the scoreboard. So I'm 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 excited because I know it's going to be a fun game. So I'm all for you know really whatever happens. Obviously, hope you know Brigham can pull out the win, but it is go. Cool. Going to be a fun one. 
Yeah, especially as a receiver when you know there's an opportunity to catch passes. As far as I look back to when you played in your final game up in uh, Idaho, you got open and it was clear Zach was going to you. From a receiver standpoint, is what's the mindset? Do you think that, hey, if I can get open early, I could possibly have a big game here? Yeah, and I think I, I think that really all starts during practice. You can kind of tell um, the way things are going to go during the week uh, in terms of the game plan and things like that. You know, luckily, um, that's kind of the way it was looking throughout the week. And uh, I think kind of Thursday night, I had a conversation with my dad and just kind of said, "Hey, I think this might actually this might be the game we've been waiting for." So. It's something that you kind of just you you got a pretty good intuition on when when those types of things are going to happen. So, their top receiver is not going to play in this game. He has opted out. But also, you can look at their receiving stats and say, "Hey, these guys do spread the ball around. They got multiple options here." If you were a receiver, second, third, fourth, whatever, in terms of the club, and and the number one guy was out, is that? I guess you lose that connection between the quarterback and the star receiver, but at the same time, that's a lot of opportunity, and defensively they may not be sure where the guy's going with the ball. Yeah, no, 100%. But the thing about you know a, a school like UCF that is throwing the ball as, you know, 90% of the time, right, they've got guys, <clears throat> they've got six, seven, eight receivers that are phenomenal athletes that, you know, are, are good at the position um, because you're not recruiting, you know, uh, as many running backs. You're not recruiting uh, as many other players in these different positions. You're focused on the receiver position because that's what you need for, you know, honestly, this kind of mimic run game uh, if you're going to throw screens and things like that. But ultimately what you have is uh, you should have a very, very deep, deep set of receivers and so it wouldn't you know don't be surprised that there's a guy that you haven't seen all season that goes for 100 plus yards so it figures that UCF is going to score points obviously because their offense is very proficient how much pressure do you think that puts on BYU's offense to make sure that they're doing their job because they're probably going to have to score you would think in the 30s maybe even 40s to win the game Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, realistically, that's the only way that you're going to win is if you do score in the 30s. Right? Even against Cincinnati, they put up, uh, you know, we, and we talked about this last week, was the amount of points that Cincinnati had to put up to win. And that's that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it a great game for the fans. Uh, but there is going to be a lot of pressure that they put points on the board and they do it early because it doesn't matter how great the defense is. It's very similar to Hawaii last year. Right where Hawaii was just able to put up points and they did it quickly. Uh, so if you don't stay on top of it from the offensive side of the ball, then you're going to find yourselves kind of trapped. All right, that was former BYU wide receiver Dylan Colley on with uh, DJ and PK this morning. And, uh, Gordon, I think we're going to see a lot of points tonight, but I, I think we're going to see a really motivated BYU team that uh, that is looking to be there. Well, they're still in this weird situation where they have to prove themselves, even though they're 10 and 1, you know. And so, they, yeah, they're eager 
to get out there and show what they can do. UCF is hey, that's that's a program that has is pretty darn good, really. I mean, they lost three games this year by you know a handful of points, and uh, it, it's not a bad team. It's a really good offensive team, and like we talked about, the defense is is susceptible, and so maybe BYU can take advantage of that. But and I didn't know this, but did you see uh, Norma Gonzalez's story in the Tribune that said that BYU has never won a game in the state of Florida? Yeah, I heard her asking about that on uh, Kalani's press uh, availability earlier yeah. the, uh, this week. Eight games, zero and eight, crazy. Well, they played some pretty good teams. I mean that that team Hans was on that went uh, to play Florida State in the. Well, didn't they call it the Pigskin Classic at the time because it was the first game of the year? Remember that? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Now I do. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was at peak Florida statedness. So I think the 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 teams they played in in Florida are pretty good. Although they lost to South Florida. What was that last year or two years ago? Charlie Strong's last team. Year. That was last year. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, that, uh, that was South a Florida and Tulsa, right? Toledo. Excuse me. Yeah, that was kind of the 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 loss that dragged BYU season last year to a screeching halt. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's one of the differences this year. I mean, last year BYU beat USC, they beat Tennessee, but then they lose to teams like you just mentioned. And this year they haven't really done that. I mean, that Coastal Carolina team is really a good one. And BYU lost to them. And that I mean, it was disappointing for the Cougars, but there was no shame in it. Uh, the other teams, uh, you wouldn't expect BYU to lose to, but they did the year before. So they, this, there's no doubt that uh, BYU's program took uh, a couple of major steps forward this season. I, I think that's pretty clear. Uh, but they, I think the way the players look at it, they every time they step on the field, they feel like their credibility is at stake. All right, so I had not read Norma's piece, but I've got it up in front of me now. Uh, uh-huh. Here it is. Here are the eight times uh, BYU's played in Florida. The Tangerine Bowl versus Oklahoma State in Orlando in 1976. The uh, Citrus Bowl against Ohio State in Orlando, uh, 1985. At Miami in 1988. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. The Pigskin Classic uh, against Florida State, Jacksonville, August 20th, uh, 2000. I think that Florida State team won the national championship that year. Um. Well, no, it was the year before, actually. At Florida State, uh, September 18, 2010. At Central, what? Yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I was at that one. I think I covered that one. Uh, let's see. At Central Florida in 2014. The Miami Beach Bowl against Memphis, of course. Oh. You could forget in 2014. That is a, but it is forgettable. And then the uh, the South Florida game uh, that we mentioned in 2019. What do you mean forgettable? I mean, that was kind of an ugly end to it, but that was a heck of a game. Yeah, I mean forgettable from a standpoint of the behavior of some of the players. Yeah, that, it, Although yeah. that was the last time we saw BYU take a punch and do something about it. Ooh, I see where Austin, what Austin's getting at there. Well, hmm. that that was an interesting way to end a football game, though, that's for sure. But uh, the Coastal the, Carolina is still laughing. Uh, Memphis, that game was fifty-five to forty-eight. Gordon, we might actually wow. see a similar a similar type game today or tonight, yeah. I guess, against Central Florida. I think we're going to see a ton of points put up. I bet yeah. it's a fun uh, game to watch. The over/under on it, I think, is what was it? I, I read it somewhere. It was like seventy-three or seventy-two, something like that. 
Yeah, so when when that number gets up that high, uh, they are expecting a whole lot of scoring. But BYU's defense isn't terrible, right? I mean... Well, they haven't been, but again, you measure it against what kind of offenses. Uh, the over/under now is seventy-eight and a half. By the way, Oof. <laughs> that's a huge number. Heading up, <laughs> yeah, you don't see that very often. No, that is that is a big-time number right there. So, if I were to ask you, how many yards do you think Zach Wilson's going to throw for tonight? Because if it's a close game then that means the Cougars on offense are going to go full bore throughout, which means he'll get more opportunity to throw the ball. I think he's going to put up huge numbers. I really do. Over 300. What, By the way, did you know total defense, BYU is ninth in the country? They only surrender 309.5 yards a game. Granted, against, as you mentioned, a competition that isn't all that fierce, but still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's they're yeah. they're not slouches, I suppose, defensively. And they did, uh, you know, against San Diego State, have a tough time stopping that run at times. But I don't think that's the style that UCF's going to play. No, I think when the uh, when the Knights score, they like to score relatively quickly, like we talked about earlier. And uh, if BYU can stop that, then obviously the more times they do, then the more times Zach Wilson can get on the on the field. And it won't be a situation like we saw against Coastal Carolina where they went on these 10-minute drives. They're just eating clock like crazy. I, that, that still stands out to me as a, a remarkable statistic. The Coastal Carolina in that game had the ball for like 38 minutes, and BYU had it for how many? 22, something like that? I don't think that's what we're going to see tonight. No. No, I don't. And that's what San Diego State tried to do to BYU, too. They just were not as good as Coastal Carolina. This is this is going to be a different style of game. I think I think Zach Wilson, 300, 350 yards and three touchdowns at least. Okay. Yeah. How about 400? <laughs> How about 500? <laughs> I don't I know. I think he's going to have a big game. I, I yeah. do. It, it'll be higher if the score is close, obviously. But I mean, because we've seen Zach get pulled in the you know third quarter in a bunch of games, I don't I don't know if that's what we're going to see. No, because uh, the other guy's going to score too. So it, it it's sort of Zach Wilson's big uh, hurrah. It's his it, it's his last game as a Cougar. Yeah, and I, I think he's going to view it that way, and I think he's going to play like yeah. it's his last game as a Cougar. But who knows? You know, Gordon, watch us see a 21-17 ball game, you know, because <laughs> we're, you know, we're talking like this. So yeah. uh, let's uh, let's move on to Hanson Scotty real quick. Uh, they talked to Brian Fisher today, college football uh, reporter, and he talked about the pros and cons of the college football playoff. Would you have kept Texas A&M? Or, I mean, excuse me. Would you have kept Notre Dame in your uh, in your top four, or would you move Texas A&M in there? I would have kept them, you know, right, right where they were. Uh, I, I would not have moved the Aggies up. You know, I, I just think you, you, both from a resume standpoint and from a, a eye test standpoint, I just don't think the, the Aggies necessarily did enough to, to, to leapfrog them. And everybody, everybody wants to talk about, you know, oh, the SEC this, the SEC that. You know, the fact of the matter is the, the league was was kind of down this year, and A and M played a lot of those down teams. I mean, they they struggled with Vanderbilt at the beginning of the year, uh, struggled against LSU, um, you know, which which uh, you know was was finished right around 500 and, and did not look great for long stretches this year. Um, you know, they, they played, uh, you know, the Mississippi States and, and, and the, the Arkansas of the world. And, um, you know, those games were maybe a little bit closer in, in some respects than I think you would have expected out of a playoff contender. 
and and yeah, they, they took care of business for the most part. They beat a Florida team um, that we all know is, is going to a New Year's Six uh, game and, and won their division. Um, you know, and, and even that Alabama score, you know, they threatened them early in that uh, contest. But you know, at the same time, you know, Notre Dame, uh, you know, also has has the better resume. They have the better wins. Um, you know, they uh, also beaten North Carolina. They they beat you know really the the most marquee win of anybody. Um, in, in terms of that uh, win over Clemson earlier in the year. And uh, I just think Notre Dame overall, uh, on, on both sides of the ball, in terms of that resume, they just did that extra little bit uh, that, that uh, definitely gives them the nod over the Aggies. It feels like this is, you know, Alabama's championship to lose as I look across the, the top four teams. What do you think the most compelling matchup for Alabama is with, with the last three remaining? Well, it's obviously Clemson. Um, you know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, is a guy who's already beaten them uh, in the national title game before, and, and I think is um, just the way the roster of, of the Tigers is constructed. Um, you know, you're talking about an, an aggressive defense. Um, they've obviously got a ton of talent uh, in that front seven, um, you know, which is as good as Alabama's offensive line uh, has been. I think if you can get pressure on Mac Jones, uh, you, you can affect his throws. You can affect the rhythm uh, of that offense. And, um, you know, I think they, they're the secondary uh, – um, you know, while I, I wouldn't suggest uh, you know playing man and, and manning up against those Alabama receivers, um, you know they, they can at least do some different things in terms of their zone coverage on the back end um, that, that I don't think an, an Ohio State or a Notre Dame can really do with their personnel. And, and let's face it, you know in, in today's college football games, you've you got to outscore your opponents and, and you've got to be able to put up points uh, in, in drives that matter. And, and with Travis Etienne and with Trevor Lawrence, not only uh, two of the best at their position, but veterans on this kind of stage, I, I think they, they can have some success and, and possibly beat Alabama. I, I do think the Tide are kind of far and away the, the favorites to, to win everything. But if there is one team that, that has the personnel, that has that big stage experience, that, that has um, even even the uh, personnel on, on the periphery uh, to challenge Alabama, it's going to be Clemson. So I think it uh, we are likely headed towards a, a, a fifth rematch between these, these two heavyweights. And, and I, I can't wait to watch it because um, assuming everybody's healthy and, and good to go for it, it could be another thrilling national title game between these two. So I want to go back to Clemson and Alabama. Everybody claims they want parity and they complain when there's the same teams over and over. But when you look at some of the ratings in the NCAA tournament, when, you know, uh, St. Joe's or somebody gets into the uh, final four that, you know, nobody really knows about. Sometimes the ratings dip on that. So we claim we want it, but the ratings may not bear that out. So with that said, do do you think college football has a problem that Alabama and Clemson are playing for a title every year? I think not necessarily just Alabama and Clemson playing for the title every year, but just really the, the lack of interest, um, you know, essentially uh, in, in certain parts of the country. I mean, I have been kind of turned off uh, by the whole focus on the playoff. You know, I think it just it's a constant drumbeat, especially when the, the ranking show comes out. It's who's going to make the playoff? Who's going to make the playoff? And, and the fact of the matter is, if you're a group of five team, um, largely if you're in an independent, not named Notre Dame, uh, you have not you have no access, you know, to to that uh, tournament and competing for a championship um you know i think the, the issues out west with the pac-12 are obviously well documented but the fact of the matter is you got you know really half the country um that that has um you know they're they're being eliminated uh in, in september and, and early october every year from that playoff even conversation 
And I think that is the, the biggest issue with the, the current four-team format is it really does not include uh, others and, and potentials um, for those storylines to where you do have that uh, miraculous 16-1 upset or or have Cinderella uh, you know threaten uh, Goliath. And, and I think it's just going to be um, you know fascinating to see as we kind of move forward with uh, likely a move towards eight, um, you know, how much the, the increased conversation uh, in places in, in the country where it hasn't been um, you know, really helps the sport grow nationally because right now it is still very regional. It's still very focused on, on a handful of teams. And um, you know, while, while we, it's great to see all that talent uh, concentrated and, and see these epic games uh, take place at, at the same time, um, it, it, the sport is so much better off um, you know, when you are involving maybe not necessarily 130 teams, but uh, a good chunk of the country um, in terms of that postseason conversation like it used to be. That was Brian Fisher of uh, College Football Talk, uh, who jumped on with uh, Scotty and Frank was filling in for Hans today, uh, talking about the college football uh, playoff and uh, the matchups that we have, the, what we actually want to see. And then uh, you, some interesting stuff from Brian right there on the kind of uh, half the country loses interest because they're not involved. Yes, I, uh, I thought his answer there was really, uh, really good. I don't know what you do about it, though, Jake, because, I mean, are Alabama and Clemson not the two best programs in the country? What do you think about the idea? I'm liking more and more expand the playoff to six, not eight. Make it five automatic qualifying from the P5 League, one G5, and take the committee totally out of it. And that way your conference championship games are essentially a playoff round uh, to get into the playoff in a sense. And, it, you know, everybody has access to that. The G5 schools have access to it. It's regional. Like, Brian's right. College football is a regional sport. So, in a sense, you have to win your league or win your region, if you want to look at it that way, to get into the college football playoff. And then we then we don't have this, you know, dog and pony show, college football, who's been playoff committee, who's been the most impressive garbage. Give the top two teams a bye week and call it a day. And then how do you determine the best G5 team? Well, you could go highest rated, I guess, and that brings, I realize, you know, somebody's uh, eyeball judgment into it. But, yeah, I mean, you could go best it's ranked. Better, it's you better could, than you the could, way it is right now. You, you know? could pit, uh, you know, the top two AP-ranked G5 teams against each other in a kind of conference championship kind of thing, like a play-in for that G5 bit. That would be pretty cool. You know, the Mountain West team plays the AAC team for the chance to go in instead of playing their own conference championships. I don't know. So what do you do with a B independent like BYU? Oh uh, well, you give them whatever exception you're giving Notre Dame, or you make all the independents find the league. You could treat them like a G five team, I guess. Yeah, you could. But I I hate giving Notre Dame this exception because they're Notre Dame, but all the rest of the independents don't get it. That's stupid. They've affiliated themselves with the ACC. Yeah, kinda. Know, and... I mean. So the ACC well, they, guarantees they, them five they, games, so we should just give them the, the same benefit of the doubt? I don't know. Well, That's they dumb. played in their championship game. Well, this year they're a part of the league for the first time in their history. Right, right. Which I would guess is not going to be the same next year. Hmm. It won't? They're I don't not think going to, I don't they're, they're not going to do that anymore? I don't think so. Well, no, they'll take their five guaranteed games, mm -hmm. but they're not going to be a part of the league. Okay. 
You well, think they are? I, I mean, that would I, be huge news if they did I, that. I, I don't know. I, I like your idea, though. I, I like the uh, the because the college football is so fractured. It's so regionalized, like you were talking about. So take the champions of each league. Yeah. And I, I know there might be a league that has two stellar teams in it. But that's, that's why that's why I like the the eight team format better because then you have at least room for two great teams that may let's say let's say that two teams within the same league are in the championship game and one team wins by one point and it's a great game and there's a turnover or something and that that team that loses that game might deserve an opportunity to uh, to, to to have a shot if it uh, so I, I like eight I like the five conference champions two at large and one uh, G five but see I, let's take the deserve out of it because that's deserved by somebody's judgment or whatever uh-huh. you know if you've got yeah. two good teams in a league and you view the league championship as basically an extra playoff round well then they've got to win. And in your scenario, they lost. They lost. Yeah, they lost. But at least if you do that, then the judgment part of it only applies to two teams. I know, but I want to get three if you want to include the G5 situation. If this season has proven anything to me, let's get rid of that committee crap. Let's 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 truly find a way to settle it on the field if that's everybody's priority. Yeah, I, it's hard to argue with that, Jake. Hard to argue. All right, Gordo. We'll have more uh, coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the big show. The Road Home Radiothon rolls on. Here's the number to call, 801-819-7300. Help out. They housed uh, 750 people on Sunday night, uh, individuals and families, by the way, 750. And uh, they they depend on uh, the Radiothon for funding, and uh, uh, we like to step up and deliver. Gordon and our listeners are amazing. 801-819-7300. Call and donate. We'll have more coming up next. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Suzanne, we're a family of six. My husband is a security guard, so he was trying to save somebody's life, and he came up to the man asking if he was okay, and the man stabbed my husband twice. He was critically injured. He went into surgery. His job contacted him because he was in the hospital for about four or five days, and they let him. They had released him. We went from having a stable income to not having anything at all. It's just all gone. It's, well, where do we sleep tonight? didn't know that the road home even existed it was amazing i i broke down in tears so i was like i have what do you mean i have my own room um i'm a family case manager at the road home in midvale i help connect them with resources in the community such as eyeglasses medical care dental care food clothing basic needs donate to the road home now at 801-819-7300 this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This one goes out to Ben McKee. Lover, come back to me. Dead or Alive. Uh, it's a Total Request Tuesday. Comeback songs in honor of the road home as the Radiothon rolls on. 801-819-7300 is the number to call. Again, Austin will give you any drop you want. Send it to you in MP3 form for a $100 donation. So all you have to do, 100 bucks, and uh, San Bernardino could be yours. 801-819-7300. We also uh, entertain the idea, Gordon, of you recording voicemail greetings for people. I like that idea. What about me recording it as Gordon Monson? Ooh, even better. <laughs> you want to do 100 bucks for that, too? Yeah, sure. $100. Gordon, either have Gordon record your uh, voicemail greeting or Austin as Gordon <laughs> record your voicemail. That's much better. How would that go? Oh, this is, uh, what, what's this guy's name? George. You know, I knew a George. Uh, did I tell you about <laughs> the time I met George Went? Uh, I told him, <laughs> I told him, Wendt. hey, there's an audition you should really consider. And he, he ended up on Cheers. And that, that was, uh, that was uh, the way that went. So uh, uh, leave uh, George a message. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I'd pay $100 for that. And, uh, not didn't the... people know who George Went is? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Who wouldn't know it? He was in Fletch. <laughs> well, Fletch was an amazing movie. 801 819 Really, just uh, donate what you can. Uh, every Even uh, small donations go a long way. $10. We'll take a family of four off the street for uh, for a night. And uh, it's we're expecting a big snow today or, or a snow today. So, you know, it's tough. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It Austin is. got a lot of snow the other day. I hardly got any. I got all the snow the other day. Couldn't even get in the driveway. <laughs> really? I had like half an inch in my house. It was like nothing. Guts. When I did saw you, uh... Austin sent us a picture, he's like, I got over a foot. It was like, did this storm just isolate itself on <laughs> it Austin's was, neighborhood? It was. <laughs> that lake effect happened there. So I don't know. Did you have to snowshoe in? Pretty much. I Literally, I had to get uh, the, the car which I then went to Big O today, by the way, and got myself some snow tires, so it shouldn't be a problem. But yeah. I had to uh, get the car uh, into the uh, neighborhood precariously. It took me five tries, and then I just crashed it into the front lawn and just left it there while I snowed, while I shoveled it out. Wait, wait. Your car slid across your lawn? It slid about a foot and a half onto the lawn. That's yeah. not good. Mm. So come spring, we'll see what that looks like. <laughs> Big oil slick in the middle of Austin's lawn. <laughs> Maybe we'll just put a pool in right there. I don't know. I've had <laughs> similar experiences. <laughs> yeah, and I got a, a a phone call from somebody asking me to pick up their shift at work once when I was digging my car out of uh, a, a snowbank, and they were telling me that they couldn't get to work <laughs> from where they were because of the snow, and, and wanted to know if I could. I, I go ahead and do their shift. And what'd you say? And you said you said there's no way that you're in worse shape than I am. I right said, now. Uh, you know what? That's not my top priority at the moment. I'm going to have to get back to you. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> my top priority is getting my car uh, off my. Uh, well, you couldn't lawn. fill in for them at the moment. You couldn't have got to work. I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. You had the same problem they said they had. Well, and I was driving a two-wheel drive uh, Hyundai Sonata at the time, and I know for a fact that they had a four-wheel drive monster that could, <laughs> could drive across the Alps. Sitting a, there with a the, with a shovel in my hand, digging digging my car out of the snow. Had one of those caterpillars hey, from Yellowstone. Hey, I can't make it because I'm snowed in. And it's like, I'll call you back. <laughs> Have you ever? Did you ever get your car stuck so that you couldn't get it out? Yeah, I've without, that several times. Yeah, I have too. Without assistance, uh, and you had to and you had to leave it there like overnight or something. What'd yes. You do? Well, I wasn't like stranded in Yosemite. I was just at a friend's house trying to drive home. But what well, after that, uh, what I got is I got these things called bear tracks that they sit in your trunk, and uh, you put them under the wheels, and it gives the wheels traction to get out of the snowbank. I uh, I slid up a guardrail okay. once, getting trying to get off the freeway. Up a like, guardrail, like uh, yeah, uh, it it kind of it started at the ground and then kind of went up and leveled off, and I slid with my front right tire right up onto that guardrail. <laughs> and she so uh, had two wheels on the ground and two on the guardrail. Yes. <laughs> Oh my In a gosh. sense, uh, yeah, I had to get the 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 tow truck uh, driver had to get pretty creative to get that thing off of there. Uh, but that's happened to me before. But yeah, I've ended up, uh, you know, I've driven two-wheel drive cars in Utah and for most of my life until last year. And so, yeah, I've been stuck a bunch of times. Who hasn't? Isn't, and you, you now know what I've discovered is that uh, the all-wheel drive, you'll never go back. Magic. Yeah, yeah it's right. incredible. I, I can't believe I put up with the two-wheel drive as long as I did. This two-wheel drive I crashed into the front yard last week, unfortunately got unstuck. I would have rather just left it there. But. My family, <laughs> when I was a kid, they bought a, a minivan in uh, North Carolina, and then we moved from North Carolina back to Utah. And uh, in North Carolina, uh, rear-wheel drive cars are just a, a thing. So, I mean, we didn't think... It snows like once a decade in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, so not a th- we moved back to Utah, and let me tell you what, a, a, a flake of snow on the ground, and that car was disabled. <laughs> Couldn't hold on to the road. <laughs> it, it really, it was, a, it was a minivan that was a rear-wheel drive as opposed to front-wheel? Right. I'll bet it was, what did you say? Did you say the brand on it? It was a Ford Aerostar. Oh, I was going to guess a Saturn. Mm. The one that looked like the, the Dust Buster then. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the Ford, uh, the, the Aerostar. Loved that, uh, loved that van. It was awesome. Not good in the snow. Not terrific. But on we a live, partly cloudy, sunny day. We do live in the mountains. You, you heard we, the part of the story where we bought it in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just yeah. talking about it in general. Okay. That people who live here, it's a good idea to have a car that's suitable in the, in the rougher conditions. Like if it snowed in L.A. the way it does here, can you imagine what that would turn into? Even when you get a rainstorm. Even when you get a rainstorm down there, traffic uh, gets all backed up and messed up. Uh, so uh, how unfortunate here, for them. People here are a little more. What's the word? Adventuresome. How do they yeah, uh, probably handle, better prepared? How did they handle the weather in Des Moines, Iowa? Beats me. Have you seen they've been having earthquakes uh, in? Uh, what about Omaha? Tulsa, Oklahoma? Bud Lake, uh, New Jersey. How are they? Uh, how are they drivers there? Is that a real place? It's absolutely a real place. The I don't have the, a lot of. Ex- I don't have a lot of experience with that particular community. Oh, okay. All right. Moscow, Idaho. I bet they can drive in the snow. I'm surprised at how fast people around here drive in the snow. I mean, slow it down. 
Well, you're one of them. No, not when it snows, man. I slow way down. All right, stay not tuned. Not according to Adrian. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. You ran a, oh, a, a, a co-worker so off the road. That is not true. Twice. Was it that twice? Is not, that is not true. It is totally it true. Is not oh, man. Adrian's word on that is is more solid to the what happened than yours. Not true. No, You're calling happen. Adrian a liar? <laughs> uh, I don't think that happened. No. Oh, it happened. Oh, I've heard the I've heard the story. I mean, it happened. <laughs> I've heard a lot of stories. So that you're you're just true. saying fake news to Adrian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would he invent a story like that? I don't know. Maybe he got me confused with someone else. Someone else driving a, 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 a white one, hot Porsche. One of sixty three cars. Yeah, there's like ten of them on the planet. <laughs> Got it's him. not like you were driving a, a, a Honda I Accord. I have one Porsche. <laughs> you know, if somebody gets buzzed by a... Uh, <laughs> buzzed a by white a, Corolla. A, 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 <laughs> right, your, your fat's probably forgettable. But you get buzzed by the Millennium Falcon, and it's like, wow, <laughs> look at that. It hit warp speed <laughs> after it buzzed me. I really think it was one of those cases where there was somebody else who was driving a car like mine. Nope. And it, and he thought it was me because he didn't see my face. He knew. We all know. <laughs> How we do you all know? Knew. He lives by you. <laughs> we all knew because you were driving a car. I haven't seen a car like that since. <laughs> <laughs> I love that car, man. That was such a fun car. But getting out of it was like getting hatched out of an egg. Are you complaining about me. getting out of your out of, Millennium out of Falcon? Your, your Porsche? Getting old. Oh, I don't know. Get buzzed by the stealth bomber. You pay attention, you know? <laughs> Love that car. <laughs> Loved it. Just didn't pay much attention while driving it. Uh, Austin, <laughs> Austin's list is coming up next. Stay oh, tuned. here we go. It is the big here show. Here we go. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. miss it. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Time for Austin's list. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got some college football news we're going to have to get to. We're going to go into BYU pregame mode coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour as well. Bowler joins us uh, at 5. But, of course, uh, our producer, Austin Horton, has an enemies list, someplace you don't want to be, and we add people to it all the time. Uh, who are we adding today, Austin? <laughs> uh, we're adding two scenarios slash uh, entities on the list today. I recently had a an experience... Uh, where I had to get, uh, so, so, you know, uh, something done and I had to go into a brick and mortar, which is very rare these days, but I had to go into a, a certain store and I had to wait a moment. And while I was in there, there were other customers who had had a bad experience at said brick and mortar. Okay. And they came in and uh, in my estimate were very fairly uh, asking and, and demanding for better service and, and the employee behind the counter, I don't know, uh, maybe they had a bad day, I don't know, but they didn't handle it 
the way that you probably would want your employee to handle it. In fact, they handled it like it was an episode of Cops. Okay. What did, what did, they, what did they say? Well, I, I, there were a lot of censor bleeps uh, if we were to play this Again, back. like an episode of Cops. It yeah. was. It was, it was I bad. honestly thought, am I going to have to be a witness to something? Uh, I, I don't want to be here anymore. So if you, I get that, first of all, customers, if you are a customer, if, you're, if you've been treated poorly, you've got bad service, hold your cool, please. Get it, escalate it where you can to the right superior authority, but don't go in yelling and screaming, which these people didn't. And employees, I get it, especially working retail during this time of the year with every single person who's ornery and in such a bad year. Please hold your cool, too, because it makes the other customers in the store really uncomfortable. And I'll tell you this much. I ain't ever going back there. Not again. Nope. It's over. Not happening. Yeah. Uh, secondly, <laughs> this guy in the United Kingdom texted his mom and said, uh, Mom, I'm going to get some new ink, going to get a new tattoo. Any suggestions as to what I should get? And she replied... If you don't have a need for one, don't get it. Tattoos are for something important. Well, that's what he got tattooed on his on the inside of his arm. Okay, that's hilarious. That entire text message. <laughs> that's really funny. If you don't have a need for one, don't get it. Tattoos are for something important in quotations and then the little dash mom. mom. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny, but it's kind of disrespectful towards his mom, is it not? How? Yeah, because no, she, he no, asked her yes, for her advice, then ignored her advice and mocked her advice by tattooing that on his arm. That's kind of a... Funny, uh, but it's a little disrespectful uh, towards I think his it's, mom. It's a tribute to his mom. I'm sure he thought, you know what? I'm going to get whatever she answers. If she would have said a unicorn, what I bet she, he would have gotten a unicorn. Whatever, I bet he said to himself, I'm going to get her, in honor of her, I'm going to text her and get her advice on what to get. And whatever she says, I'm getting it. <laughs> well, and the fact that she said tattoos are for something important means she's not anti-tattoo. Well, she's important so, to So, But he, she did say don't unless it's something that matters. and She matters. But hey, he went viral. Her opinion so. matters. But, I, uh, you know, it's my list, and he goes on it right. for, in my opinion, slight disrespect towards his mother, although it was funny. I see. I'm, I'm wondering what how Jake is going to react when Sadie comes home and says, I want a back tattoo, Dad. Uh, well, it depends on how old she is, I guess. I mean, if yeah. she comes home at 16 and says, I want to get a back tattoo, well, then my opinion matters in that circumstance, doesn't it? But if she's when, like, when does, if she's when, like when 28, does it not matter? oh, I guess when she's 18, 19, when she's an adult. I know someone whose 16 year old came home with a tattoo. Oh, really? My my I have a, 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 I have a buddy that did that. But anyway, what they happened? They handled it really, really well. Did they, they? They told him they told the person that they were disappointed and didn't agree with it. But it's done. And what's done is done. And we'll move forward. And they did. They stayed. It was they handled it better than I would have. So my buddy, <laughs> my buddy got a uh, like a prison yard tattoo, like that, like a homemade tattoo with a battery and a big yeah. pen, <laughs> right? A little fan motor, and yeah. I can't, I can't even, I couldn't even tell you what he got, but it was, it was on his arm, and he went home. And he says, "Hey, mom, check out my boss new tattoo," and she didn't even let him sit down. She put him in the car and took it to get removed. <laughs> <laughs> Like to the laser store? Well, like, yeah. Like, oh, oh. That's, that's so nice. Now turn around. We're, we're going to get that removed immediately. How hard is it to do that? 
hard and it hurts. painful. Yeah, and he still has a mark from it. There's, there, you're you're scarring your your skin. You're taking yeah layers off. It's it ain't it does not feel great. To my buddy's are, credit, are, though, are, he's, are, he's are, are you speaking from firsthand experience? I've heard. Uh, to my buddy's credit, he he is very happy that his mom made him do that. He re- he regretted the hey, the the self tattoo. He yeah. thought that was the, that was. This is the way I look at it, man. Everybody makes mistakes, you know. If you can if you can undo something uh, that you later think is a mistake, then good good on you. Yeah, no you regrets. Oh. oh, yeah, that's right. You ever seen that picture, Gordon, of the guy with the neck tattoo that says "No regrets" instead of regrets? <laughs> Whoops! No, that is funny. Yeah. I'd be so angry. I would be so angry if I got a misspelling as a tattoo. If I went home <laughs> and looked in the mirror at my new tattoo and was like, "Oh, come on, dude!" Kind of like that. Kind of like the 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 guy painting the Chiefs' uh, end zone in the Snickers chef. commercial or whatever. That's great, but so, who are the chefs? So, so hold on. <laughs> right. So, so do 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 tattoo artists need to be like grammatically, uh, you know, enlightened? No, you just need to yeah. just proofread. It's not that hard. Or, or Google something yeah, and right. copy it. I don't have a dictionary yeah. ready to go. Yeah. All right, we're going to... Uh, sw- and regrets is not onomatopoeia. You should be able to spell that. <laughs> we're going to switch into BYU pregame mode coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.